This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes This down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Yankees win! Alright, what's happening everybody? What is going on? I am your host RJ Carbone. And you are listening to or maybe watching BD4. Where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now too. Yankees every series. Knicks every game. MMA on the weekends. Now. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Yeah, we got big news to discuss tonight. As you can see by the title of this episode of the podcast. We've got some things to talk about. And, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, welcome to the show. If you are new here, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find me on many platforms. I'm on Apple Podcasts. If you want to listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, then be sure, if you'd like, And if you enjoy the show, do give us a five-star rating and a review. We are a five-star podcast and we would like to continue being a... uh, Jesus Christ. We would like to continue being a five-star podcast. If you want, you can also listen to us on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, Breaker, Castro, many 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 other platforms to listen to you can also listen to us on spotify as well as watch the video format of this podcast on spotify now and if you want to go to youtube to watch the video format of this podcast of course we are on youtube as well so you got all your listening platforms and you got spotify for listening and watching and you have youtube and you have youtube to watch the podcast too If you want to subscribe to me, be sure to do it right now. Pause this episode. Give me a subscription. If you want to follow me on social media, you can do that as well. I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, r.j.carbone. And I'm on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone, at Rob J. Carbone. Now, I also write for a... Sports Network. I've got my own blog for them. If you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and you put into the search bar the Bomber Bocker blog, you'll find my content. And if you want to subscribe to my content, subscribe to the Bomber Bocker blog. Be sure to do so using promo code 6A2841. ERJC. This way you get a discount, $7.99 a month. You get access to every single article, full article. You get a discount on merch. It's a good deal. With that out of the way, let's just get right into it, man. Because we've got some stuff to discuss, as I said. You know, with the lockout ending... I think we all knew the dominoes were going to start falling. And boy, have they. I'm getting notifications on my phone every couple of minutes. And the shame of it all is like, so you know how if you have the MLB.com app, if you got the AppBat app, you can choose for your home screen emblem of that app to be either the MLB app emblem, which is just the traditional, you know, MLB silhouette of the dude swinging. Who is that, by the way? 
Um, or you can choose to have the Yankee logo, your favorite team logo. Mine is the Yankees. So when I get notifications, I have it. So so I have the Yankee emblem on my screen. But when I get notifications, though, the Yankee emblem shows up next to the breaking news headline. And so I, I'm always thinking, I'm like, oh, shit, the Yankees got this guy, the Yankees got that guy. It happened to me with Kershaw. I got duped. And it happened to me with um, Olsen, Matt Olsen, who I didn't want, to be honest with you. And it happened to me with a couple of other moves, too, with the Reds and the Mariners and, and a couple other teams. So I keep getting fooled by that. I got to switch it back. Anywho, the Yankees did make a move. <laughs> and um, I guess I don't have a Twitter anymore, so I don't really follow too many Yankees fans on Facebook and on Instagram either. A couple, but they don't show up on my feed often. So I don't know what the general opinion is, to be honest with you. My thought process says it's probably split. There are probably a lot of people who hate this deal. And there are probably a lot of people who enjoy this. I would say it's 50-50, maybe, uh, maybe 55-45 in favor of dislikes. But I don't mind it. And I'm going to get to why. Alright, so let's get to our first break. When we get back from the show, from the break, we'll get the show on the road. Stay with us. Be right there. listening to or maybe watching BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis we also do MMA now too we do the Yankees every series the Knicks every game and MMA on the weekends so last night I'm looking down at um I don't know how I found out I think it was oh you know what my buddy my buddy texts me um, we're shooting shit about the Knicks. And then in the middle of our conversation about the Knicks, he goes, he goes, um, Slob is gone. Slob is, is our little nickname for, for Gary. And I'm taking a second. I'm like, Slob, is he talking about Randall? Did the Knicks move Randall? How'd they move Randall? The deadline is over. Did they cut him? They wouldn't have cut him. He's making $120 million in the next five years. Like, that's not happening. And so I'm like, wait a second. Is he talking about the Yankees? Is he referring to Gary Sanchez? And so I look it up. And I go right to my tablet. I go on Google. The Google. And I search it. And I see nothing. Wait a couple minutes. I, I search. So first I search Josh Donaldson. See nothing. Then I search Yankees. See nothing. Wait a couple minutes. T try again. I see nothing. Then I get more texts talking about the Yankees made a big move. My cousin texts me. My couple other of my buddies text me. And then by then, I search it once more. And then the news shows up. So he must have like been right on it. And I'm like, holy crap. They traded Gary. Then I see they traded Urshela. And then it's just all coming at me at once. People are texting me. I'm trying to read up on the news. Who's gone? Who'd we get? How much? This, that. And so, that's why when that stuff like that happens... I usually like to wait a night, which I did. 
because as I am recording, it is Monday, March 14th. The trade went down on March 13th. So yeah, that's what we're going to discuss. The Yankees moved Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela, for Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Kiner Falafa. Falafa? I'm gonna. I'm, it's gonna take me a bit to to pronounce this kid's name correctly. It's either Falafa or Falifa. It's, I think it's Falafa. So let's try that again. The Yankees trade Gary and Geo to Minnesota for Donaldson, Falafa, and um, this catching prospect, Ben. This is gonna be a tough one too. Rorodick, Rorodick, Ben. We'll call him Ben. Jesus Christ. Um, so that's what we're going to discuss. That's what we are going to discuss in episode 341. I'm tripping over my words tonight. I don't know if it's just because I'm excited or is it just because I drank too much coffee this morning. I had an extra dose because of the time change. Dose? An extra cup because of the time change. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about it, man. Let, let's, let's get right into the thick of it, man. Uh, before we do, though, one one more thing, just to warm up our brains, because we almost forgot. Let's get to our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day to start this thing off. So for our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 341, my question to you, what was the span of years, or I should, it should really say, when was the span of years when the Yankees won five World Series titles in a row, all right? What was the span of years when the Yankees won five World Series titles in a row? So name the span. When was that? From when to when? All right. And you know the deal. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you at least to attempt at least attempt the answer, if you attempt to get it correctly, but don't, I will let you know what the answer is in the next episode. If you attempt to get the answer correct and you succeed in that, then I will give you a shout out in the next episode. Your social media handles and all that. Maybe you got a podcast you want me to shout out. I'll give you a shout out in the next episode to all one or two of my followers. <laughs> all right. You think I'm joking. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, let's get to it. Let's talk about it. Let's stop wasting time. Talk about this deal, man. <laughs> so, again, late last night, the New York Yankees made a move. Trading Gary Sanchez, catcher, third baseman Gio Urshela, slash shortstop, for Minnesota's Josh Donaldson, third baseman, for Isaiah Connor Falefa, who was just moved to Minnesota, and also for catching prospect. Let's see if I can get his name correctly. Ben Rortved. That's the closest I'm going to come. Ben Rortved? Rortved? I don't fucking know. Ben Rortved. Ben Rortved, we'll call it. We'll, 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 we'll settle with that. Jesus Christ. Um. So they made the deal. All right. And listen, this team needed a shakeup, right? They needed a shakeup badly. We've been advocating for a shakeup for the longest time. We thought we got one last year at the deadline. Well, I didn't, but you guys thought we did. Um, and it worked for a while. But, you know, the team was still a bit away from being legitimate World Series contenders, as we saw at the end. And they still are. But, this was a solid deal. We needed to get some more versatility in here. Some more athleticism. Some more defense. And we got that. 
Now, does it hurt to say goodbye to a fan favorite, Gio Urshela? Sure, of course. We're going to miss him. But this was a baseball move. It was a business move. He was expendable, right? He was very expendable. Gio was an extra infielder, and he was on a very affordable contract. And so that's the only way, unfortunately, you can unload an enigma like Sanchez. And the return that we got, I would say it's it's low to medium risk, very high reward. Yeah, I'll say it. So, you know, we'll get to it. We'll start this thing up. Going to get to break. And we got lots to say. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Alright, so, here we go, folks. Welcome back to the show, first of all. You're listening to episode 341 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. I guess, you know, we'll we'll start with, um, we'll, like, break down each player individually, right? We'll do that. So, this, you want to start with, um... Should we just call him IFK? We'll start with IFK with Connor Falifa. Falifa. Jesus Christ. I gotta find out. Is it Falifa? Is it Falefa? Because in my mind, I say neither. But I know it's not what I say in my mind. In my mind, I call him Falafel. But we'll start with IFK. Alright? IFK. Now, if you're watching the podcast, we have his graphic up on the screen here. Or if you're listening to the podcast, sorry. Um, he is a 26 years old shortstop. He'll be 27 in about a week or a little more than a week. Primarily a shortstop, but also plays some third base. He did last year. He can be a catcher. He's your emergency catcher, I would imagine. And he's played a little bit of second base in his career, too. So he can play around the infield. And that's the first thing that you you think about when you think about Connor Falefa. IFK, for fuck's sake. He's great defensively. He's great defensively, especially at his primary position, shortstop, which is where he'll probably play most of his time, um, at least as a stopgap until Volpe gets here. He's going to be Volpe's, Volpe's uh, stopgap. In particular, he excels in the areas that the Yankees value at shortstop. Um, Defensive runs saved. And you all know I'm not the biggest analytical guy. But I do think it's important to understand it. Right? I think it's very crucial that we at least know what it is we're talking about. Or if you're somebody who 
bashes analytics, at least know why you're bashing analytics and don't be a boomer about it. <laughs> right? So, so I know I'm not a big fan of them, but I at least know the under and understand what each, you know, what a lot of these statistics mean. I've taken time to understand them. Don't agree with them a lot, but I, I will say that defensive run saved DRS has grown on me over the years. I don't use it solely as an evaluator, but I use it as a guide. Especially for players that I don't watch a ton, like IFK. Our buddy IFK. So in 2001, last... 2001. In 2021, last season, IFK at shortstop had a plus 10 defensive runs saved. He had plus 10. So what 10 defensive runs saved means, if you're unfamiliar with this... The league average is zero. All right, so if you have anything above zero, you're considered above average. So 10 is very good. In fact, 10 defensive runs saved means that at least last season, IFK was third amongst qualified shortstops behind only Correa and Simmons, who are very good, especially Simmons at shortstop. And the eye test, I'm sure, backs it up because that's usually the case. When the player's defensive runs saved numbers are good. It's usually he's also good with the eye test. Sometimes the other way around, it's not always the same. You know, like like for Gio, for example, didn't have the greatest metrics, but I do consider him a great shortstop. So that's where I disagree with the number, but he's a great shortstop. He's got a great arm, good instincts. And so he's an upgrade defensively over having Torres at shortstop, right? He's an upgrade at Gio at shortstop, who was okay at shortstop. But IFK is, is very above average at the sixth position. And that's one hell of a defensive upgrade overall, right? Especially if they opt for a better first baseman over Voigt defensively. I mean, they got, you know, maybe one of Freeman or Rizzo, DJ, IFK, and Donaldson. If they try and move Voigt, that's a pretty good defensive infield. And then you got your catcher, and we'll talk about his defense. Two catchers. Um, he also has some speed, as you can see on the screen. He's a solid, good runner. And, I mean, this is the Yankees, right? Last season, IFK, well, it was his best year in terms of stolen bases. He had 20 stolen bases, was only caught five times. The Yankees. They like efficiency on the base paths, right? They don't love the risk, but they showed, at least towards the end of last year, after all the deals they made, that they're at least willing to steal with more athletic players. So I think IFK will really help them out on the bases. We need to be more athletic. Well, there you go. And the bat. Now, he is somewhat a light hitter, okay? Not going to lie to you and say he's some guy who's going to go for a batting title or a home run title. But, you know, there's not much power there. Doesn't do much walking. Doesn't get a ton of hits yet to make up for that. But, you know, whatever. He's a low OBP guy, low home run guy. I know. I know. Okay? Uh, I think he's a career 316 on base. Seven home runs per 162. But he is a very good line drive contact hitter and has shown the ability to hit for average alright I know I know I am in the minority here especially amongst my generation of fans but I do think that in this Yankees lineup with plenty of power already Gallo without the shift um, Judge Stanton one of Voight Rizzo or Freeman most likely so that's at least four guys with plenty of power. So when you have that, you can get away with having a pure contact hitting guy at a position or two. Relax, it's okay. We don't need 30 home run guys in every single slot in the order. And IFK has a career 15% K rate. The benchmark is 20%. I'm sure the specific league average fluctuates every year now. It's more towards 25%. So he's very good at making contact. 
and each of the last two seasons, he's hit above 270. A lot of singles in there, but that's okay. It's okay. And I do think that will help in this lineup. I think he brings you that high contact bat right next to DJ LeMayu. Donaldson, too, also puts the bat on the ball enough. Despite his whole you know lift the ball uh, philosophy, he's all about the launch angle. He puts the bat on the ball. So let's get to him. All right, let's talk about Donaldson a little bit when we return from break. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. man just turned 36 years old back in December obviously first and foremost I, I don't like doing this especially because he's older now but the pedigree right he's got the big pedigree um, uh, real quickly about Donaldson he is you know three-time all-star uh, what else three-time all-star two uh, two-time silver slugger award winner He's got an MVP in there, I think back in 2015, or was it 2016, when he led the Jays to a division title. All right, we all know this. Donaldson, from from our experience, has been a former Yankee killer with Toronto. It's going to be interesting seeing him face Toronto a bunch of times a year now. But his bat is obviously the first thing you look at here, Right? This is a guy that can still murder a fastball. Jump on a fastball, and he'll take it miles. He'll take advantage of a mistake pitch as well. If you hang a breaking ball, that's gone. So he's got tons of power. We know this. And power to all fields too. Okay, so he will pull the shit out of them, but he'll also bring you that right center field approach. And he makes enough contact, like I said. Over the course of his career, he's just out, uh, just below 20% strikeout rate. Very good. So he's very disciplined. And he also, he's going to take a fair amount of walks. He averages 88 walks per 162 games. And if you look at his on-base percentage over the years, it's always 100 points or more higher than the average. Than, than his batting average. So that's great. Last season, with the Twins, he batted 247, 827, the OPS, with 26 home runs, 
26 doubles, and 72 RBIs on a team who didn't get on base a ton. They were just 18th, the Twins were, in on base. So keep that in mind before you jump on the RBI count. And he did that in 135 games. So he's still very productive as a hitter. He's an upgrade over Geo still. He's an upgrade over Gary. It will just come down to the health. Right, that's the big thing. Because if you look at the last five years for Donaldson, well, he played in just 113 games back in 2017. Then he played in just 52 games in 2018. In 2019, he played in 155 games. In the shortened season 2020, he played in 28 out of the 60 games. And then last year, he played in 135 games, which I will definitely take if he can do it again at age 36. I would not mind that. And he's still a solid third baseman. All right, so even with the with the bat, he still brings you solid defense. He's maybe, you know, maybe he's not Gio Urshela. I loved what we got from Gio over at the hot corner. But you heard Boone yes, you heard Boone yesterday, was it? Before the trade, saying that Gio was going to be their shortstop. All right. So Gio probably wasn't playing third anyway. And DJ was okay at third too, but I don't think you get too much worse with Donaldson over there, if at all, at third base. Statistically, again, if you like this shit, if you're into this shit, 2019, he had 10 defensive runs saved. In 2020, he was minus one. And 2021, he was, he had one defensive run saved. All right, so last two years, more average than anything defensive run saved wise. But he's, you know, that means he's still very capable of holding it down. Okay, he can still make the routine plays and he'll flash you some leather here and there. He's got good hands, good range, and the arm. I know he had trouble with the arm a few years ago. So that is a bit of, cons- bit of a concern to me because I remember watching him. He had a really hard time reaching first base, but I think since then it has been better. I think it's strong again. So that's good. So you got the bat. You got the arm, the fielding glove. He's also just an absolute gamer. I mean, this dude provides energy. Straight up energy. All right, he's got a competitive edge that we need, right? The Yankees fans will fall in love with his energy. He will go to war for his team. He speaks his mind. I love that too. I always bring up Correa, right? Wanting that guy who isn't emotionless. Well, hey, Donaldson is an okay alternative. The Yankees have... None of these guys. Zero. Zero guys who are like that. And I've been saying they need that. They need an asshole. They do. Somebody who's going to rub people the wrong way, both inside your own clubhouse and outside your clubhouse. Somebody shakes it up. Well, there you have it. You got someone like Donaldson. Which, you know, let's speaking of, you know, rubbing people the wrong way, we will talk about the elephant in the room because it does need to be discussed all right so we'll talk about that first let's head to break we'll be right back stay with us hey guys i hope you're enjoying this episode but first i also want to let you know i have another blog the blog i'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled the bomber bocker blog if you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month.
All right, welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 341 of the podcast, BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carball. So, nine months ago, I think it was, I don't know if you've heard, you know, and I don't know where you've been if you have not heard, but a man named Josh once sparked up a little bit of a feud with a man named Garrett. Basically, Josh called out Garrett for using illegal substances. Garrett did not like that. Garrett's fans did not like that. And Garrett's fans made it known that they they did not like that when Josh came to town. Garrett made it known. He slapped Josh around on the baseball field. Not literally. But the next time they met, he let us play do the talking. Right? So there's obviously some animosity between the two. Or there at least was. I have to believe that the Yankees, you know, when they talked to Cole, I think Cashman went to him last night. I have to believe that Cole was cool with it when the deal went through. And, you know, he's their money-making guy. He's their ace. He's their best player. So, there's nothing you could do. You know? Cole is here. He's staying around, obviously. Donaldson's here now. This is a business. This is not a friendship. And sometimes you have to put aside personal feelings for things to work out. And this isn't some small thing either. I mean, this it's not like Cole one time accidentally, you know, drilled Donaldson with a pitch. Donaldson took it personally, and since then they've been taking it personal. No, this is real. The spider tack thing has and will forever change Cole's career. Donaldson called it the next steroids of the MLB. Donaldson hated it so much, I'm pretty sure he met with Giolito in the parking lot. Right after kind of uh, rubbing it in his face when he homered off him. And then, you know, in the next presser Cole had at the time, he goes out there and I don't know what the PR team fed him with, but he goes out there and embarrasses himself. I even got embarrassed, secondhand embarrassment, just watching him in that interview. Interview, interview for fuck's sake. You all remember that nightmare. But at the end of the day, again, what can you do? Donaldson's here. Cole is here. They're going to have to shake hands and play through it. I was texting my buddy about this. He made a good point. Tell me about how the 77 Yankees, I think it was, with Reggie Jackson. They figured it out. Remember? There was a freaking movie about it. The Bronx is Burning. I was listening to the K Show. Also brought up a good point about Clemens in 99. A lot of crap going on there with Jeter. All right. And K was also bringing up, they were bringing up some excellent points. How, you know, I was actually thinking this myself. This isn't basketball, right? They're not going to pass each other the ball. They're not included included in these offensive sets together and, and all that shit. No. Cole's a pitcher. Donaldson's a third baseman. They'll see each other every fifth day. Okay. Donaldson's not going to go out there and purposely make errors because he's playing with eight other guys who want to win on that field. So, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to play through it. Um, it's whatever. It's gonna work. It's fine. At the end of the day, you go out there and you do your job. So yeah. Um. Oh, Ben. Ben Rortvet. Ben. We'll talk about Ben. All right. Because, you know, got to bring him up too. Uh, before we do, though, I'll play the little audio clip of uh, Donaldson. It was real brief, just talking about what to expect with the Yankees and also um, a few comments on, on the whole thing with Cole. So let's play that really, really briefly. I mean, I think most importantly, we hope... We came out of there and we, we understand we have a goal as a team for the New York Yankees and that's to win a World Series. And um, obviously this organization, uh, Cashman and um, the people that are involved with making those decisions felt that bringing me here and uh, along with the other guys that came with me would be the best for that. And you know, we're, we're excited about you know starting the season and, and what, what the season's going to entail. I mean, I think...
So, yeah, that was Josh Donaldson talking about what to expect with this whole thing going forward. Um, again, whatever. They're going to have to freaking play through it. I'm sure it's fine. Let's talk about Ben. All right, let's let's get to our new catcher here. Our new starting catcher, maybe platoon catcher, maybe triple-A catcher. I don't know. We don't know yet. Right. So this is a kid. Catcher, 24 years old, second-round pick from 2016. Twins. Not going to sit here and pretend I know top to bottom on Warfed. But I did do some research last night. I did read about him. I did watch some film, whatever I could find. Um, there were some videos of him as a Twins prospect. That was the best I could do. But um, So from what I found, uh, we'll start with the bat. He's a light hitter, okay? We, you know, He was always scouted as a light-hitting catcher. He didn't hit very well in the minors across five seasons. And last season, as a rookie, in 39 games, he didn't hit well either. I won't even get into the stats because it's pretty useless. Now, I have heard that he has 20 home run upside. You know, MLB.com was pressing all day how he's a big dude. And, you know, I remember... Um... Who was it? Was it Montero? They were kind of say, you know, remember he was hyped up as this big guy who has 20 homer potential, maybe more. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. But I don't even know if that's like, I don't see him as that guy. Um, maybe he is, you know, but he is a lefty. So it's nice to have some balance at the catching spot. Lefty righty with Higgy. So whatever, if he reaches his full potential as a hitter, Sure. I don't see that, but to me, being a light-hitting catcher, that's fine. I've always wanted my catchers to be defense first, to be strong defensively. And we all should, in my opinion. It's a defensive position, no matter what you know. these, these 17-year-old Gary minions tell you about Gary being this world beater. And this kid, Ben Wortved, again, from what I read about, is a good defensive catcher. He's a good catcher. He's a good receiver. He is an exceptional framer, because I know that's big now. He throws runners out very, very accurately. He had a 44% caught stealing rate in the minors, which I know the MLB league average usually sits somewhere in the 30-something percent range. And I think I also read that the Yankees catching instructor, their coordinator Tanner Swanson, was working with this kid back when he was in Minneapolis. So I really do think this will benefit the Yankees pitching staff. Pitching staff did not like, nobody liked pitching to Gary. I mean, your ace, your moneymaker, Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in the universe, did not like pitching to Gary. Okay? So it's definitely going to help out your pitching staff. They'll be on a better pitch. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Rortved and, and Higashioka run a lefty-righty platoon, right? Maybe you see 50-50. Maybe you see 60-40. 70-30 in Higgy's favor. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about having these two primarily be the catchers. I know catching is a light position, right? Even to those low standards, they don't hit very well, though. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sound picky because I know... That I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic that Gary is gone. I'm throwing a fiesta on Friday for Gary. And after, I guess, we'll hold a candlelight visual for, for Gio. But I do wonder, you know, because at the end of the day, the free agent market is sparse in terms of catchers. And maybe they make a trade. I don't know how heavy that market is. I've heard about Contreras. I doubt it. And Austin Wells, probably not ready until 2023. I don't know about Siegler and Josh Bro. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at teams like the Houston Astros who made it to the World Series last year with Maldonado hitting a buck sixty, buck seventy. I, I don't know. Maybe they can find a little bit better of a catcher. Maybe they catch some lightning in a bottle with one of him or Higgy. Who knows? I'm not asking for a lot. You know, if they can go out there and hit two twenty with an OPS in the high 600s, that'd be great to me. I'd be jumping up and down if they bring defense with that. 15 homers for one of them? 
12 to 15. I don't care. Fuck it. But I, I'm just hoping they're not bad, 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 bad. Like Buck 70, Gary bad. Um, now, Gary did bring power. I get it. But to me, the defense, the poor effort, the base running mistakes, the low IQ behind the plate. I still think about all these effort, these, these um, blunders he made. The big ones in Tampa, the two errors, in, the two pass balls, and didn't hustle. and Oh, my God. The missed tag last season. Oh, so much, so much. That made him, in my opinion, a very negative impact player at times. So all in all, the whole thing, you know, if you're putting it all together, I, I think this was a... I like this deal, okay? I like it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. But I do like it. I'm more on the good side. Because, well, you got rid of a dead weight and an expendable. You are improving defensively. Again, you are improving on the base paths. You are getting better offensively. You're getting less power, but more walks and more contact at the plate. Right? So I think that's an upgrade offensively, in my opinion. Agree or not, this is my take. And I love, love, love that. That they're getting guys who play defense, run, and put the bat on the ball. Because that's not the Yankee philosophy over these last couple of years. That's showing they're willing to be a little better, uh, to change a little bit. Especially if they decide to bring um, Rizzo back. I'm not even going to mention Freeman because I don't see that. If they bring Rizzo back, he'll not only improve the, the efficiency of the offense, but the defense around the diamond too. And he brings you that lefty. So like I said, you're getting that, um, all that stuff. You're getting a competitive hard ass that you've missed for a while now. And you're not exactly getting older just because you have Donaldson. Because honestly, he's like the... To me, Donaldson's the throwing piece. I'm looking at IFK, who's going to be just 27 soon. And Ben Mortfett, who's a 24-year-old kid. And again, Volpe and Peraza are on their way pretty soon. If they have great AAA starts this season. So, Gary's 29... He's 29, right? Yeah, he's 29. Geo is 30. So overall, I like it. I'm very content. Um, and if I were to grade this trade, I would give it a B. Maybe a B minus, maybe a B. Somewhere in that range. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. That said, this cannot be it. This absolutely cannot be it. You cannot be done yet. Right? There is no way the Yankees can be serious and tell us that they think they're done yet. Because they still have plenty of holes to fill, right? They still have an extra infielder. They got more crowded in the infield. So Torres or, and maybe Torres and Voigt might have to be on the move. Olsen is out. He just went to Atlanta. So that means Freeman's probably going to go to LA. Maybe Toronto. I'm here in Toronto, which the Yankees better not coward. And let them take us. Take him. So maybe you move Voight, Torres, and you slide DJ to first base full-time? I don't love that. Full-time? I don't know. So they got some, again, they got some things to do. As of now, who the heck's the odd man out? If it stays like this before the season, I'm going to be pissed off. But if it does, who's the odd man out? Can't be DJ. I mean, you're paying him big money now to... to sit on the bench occasionally and switch around the infield. I don't know. Maybe he's your super utility guy, but he's got to find every day at bats. He's got to play every day. He's your leadoff guy. He's a guy who proved so much in his first two seasons with us. You try, uh, maybe, uh, so you got a lot to do. Still got to get that lefty bat in here. You know, that's another reason I want, again, Rizzo on top of everything else. Maybe you can go get a catcher. There's this Murphy guy. From Oakland. If that costs you a Peraza plus, so be it. You still need some pitching. Both the rotation and the pen need help. Go after Hader. Go find some starting pitching. Go after Hader, though. That's a good reliever to take. The Mets are after him. They're taking everybody. 
Uncle Steve is bitching around everyone right now. He's taking Scherzer. He took that um, Chris Bassett pitcher the other day. Now they're going after Josh Hader. Yankees got a strike while the iron's hot. There aren't many names left. So they can't be done. They cannot be done. It's a solid move. I like it again. But this cannot be the big move they make if they want to be serious about winning a World Series championship. Contract-wise, we'll end on that. Um, IFK, cheap money. I think he's only getting $2 million a year. Cheap stopgap for Volpe. The other kid, too, Ben Vorvdik. <laughs> Fuck. He's making pennies. Donaldson is earning $50 million the next two seasons. I think 22 this year. And he's got a club, out, a club option with an expensive buyout for 2024. Yanks are expected to take on his entire contract. So, all in all, they added over $7 million on their payroll with this move. But yeah, that's my take on this whole thing. Overall, I like it. Now, there are some questions here. Does either one of Gary or Gio grow a beard? If so, who's first? What is... John Sterling. What is Sterling's home run call going to be for Donaldson? For IFK. If he ever hits one. (laughs) I don't know, man. But that's it. That's what we've got. We're going to head to our final break. We'll get back. Wrap this thing up with RJ's parlay. Which is about to... The parlay I have is on this current Sixers-Nuggets game. The game's about to end. So... I'm going to check this out. But, um, yeah, that's my take. Stay with us. We'll be right back to wrap, uh, to wrap this thing up. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A28412 ERJC. 6A28412 ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night. That's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Tonight's big parlay. We didn't hit. The game's over, so... I had Philadelphia minus three and a half spread. It's not the alternate spread. That's actually the actual spread. So I screwed that up. Harden, the over on 19 and a half alternate points. Embiid, the over on 24 and a half alternate points. Jokic, the over on 24 and a half alternate points. Embiid, the over on seven and a half alternate rebounds. Man, I messed up this graphic, so don't even bother looking at it. 
and Jokic alternate seven and a half rebounds. The over on that. Um, it was plus 78 odds for those six picks altogether. Did not hit it because the Sixers ended up losing, and also the Joker could not get to 25 points. Um, again, if you are watching the podcast, ignore the graphic on the screen as it is, as it is massively incorrect. Um, but yeah, that's this editions of that's this episode's rendition of RJ's parlay. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Again, talked about Donaldson and more who came to the Yanks. Trading Gary, trading away Geo. R.I.P. Geo. Sayonara Gary. But you know what? I do have a little clip here where Gary talked about um, with his translator and the interviewer discussing what's to come next with the Twins. Let's get to that real quick. Opportunity to have a change of scenery, fresh start, kind of something that's appealing to you? Eh, el cambio de escenario es algo eh, que para ti eh, te va a beneficiar, que te parece bien? Eh, no sé. Eh, hay que ver. Lo bueno de aquí es que conozco muchos mucho muchachos ya que los conozco de, de hace mucho tiempo. Eh, y nada, hay tiempo ahora en el pin trainer para poder conocernos, eh, tener una buena relación y. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to take the, the time in spring training uh, to concentrate. The good thing, positive thing about it is that I have time now in spring training and a lot of the people in this clubhouse uh, I know. So uh, it'll be a little easier to get acclimated. Who, who do you know in there? <laughs> Par de americanos, a Cable, lo conocí en Tampa cuando estaba practicando. Eh, y he visto a muchos, tú sabes, no, no hemos hablado mucho, pero eh, lo he conocido de, de rápido. Uh, from the Spanish speaking ones, Latinos in there, I know uh, Polanco, Sano from before, and uh, worked out during the, before the lockout with Kepler in Tampa. So we kind of got to know each other a little bit. And, um, but, you know, growing up just in baseball, I, you come across those guys and you kind of get to know them a little. Is it helpful when you're traded with a teammate and have somebody that you, is a familiar face or someone you know? Do you think it helps mentally when you meet a person like you just mentioned, when you come to a new team that can help you a little bit? Well, I think yes, the support and all that. But as I said earlier, we have time now in the Pink Trail to know everyone, so I'm well with all my teammates, which is what I'm used to doing. Eh, y tener una buena química de, de compañero, ayudándolo en lo más que uno pueda eh, y hacer un buen plan para salir al terreno a ganar, que esa es la meta. Sí, yeah, creo que so. um, you know, it helps having familiar faces. Pero como dije antes, tenemos spring training, tenemos about 20-something days para estar listos para la temporada. Mi goal es venir aquí y ayudar a ellos, y me ayudaron a ser acclimatado, y construir una química ganadora juntos y ir a jugar y jugar béisbol. All right, Gary. So, Gary, going to Minnesota. I have a really, really um, bad feeling that he's going to come. Whenever he does come back to Yankee Stadium, he's going to destroy us. <laughs> I just, I feel like it'll be Gary, if anyone, between the two, to have like a big home run against us. But, um, yeah, good luck there, man. I, I was never a big fan of you, but I, I did root for you because I wanted you to do well for my team. Uh, I was just never a fan of you. I didn't like your lack of hustle at times. I did not like your play on the field. I didn't think you were a great defensive catcher. I did not think you were as good offensively as some Yankees fans made you out to be. Um, but, hey, I wish you the best of luck. Same with you, Gio. Gio was the man. Everybody liked him. He was a fan favorite. Came here. Clutch. Great first season. Wasn't even supposed to be. An everyday Yankee became one because he exploded offensively. Had always had the defense, even when his bat started to regress in his final two seasons here. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough to say goodbye to Gio. But um, yeah, man, that's it. Thank you guys for tuning into the episode. I appreciate it, and I will see you in the next one. All right, ciao.
This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.